Welcome to the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. Due to COVID-19, we are still recording over Zoom, so some of the audio might not be as clear as we wanted. So please bear with us, sit back, and enjoy the NBA Season Preview Edition of the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. Well, 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 welcome back into the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. We've been off for about a month now between the holiday season and Dave and I both had finals. You know, we really found uh, we didn't have much time to record, but we are back. We are here for you guys. Uh, David, uh, joining me like always, David Shane, Bushy White here. David, how, how are your finals? How did things go for you closing out that semester? Well, it was it was definitely rough not getting to do the pod. Uh, did, did, I had a lot of finals to do. And, uh, you know, word by word as I'm writing those finals, all I'm thinking about is NBA season is almost here. All I'm thinking about. So I finally – Finally got uh, over the semester. I'm all done, and I can just look forward freely to yeah. some basketball. The semester semester is behind us, and right in front of us, like David said, is the NBA season. So this whole show is going to be just straight NBA for you guys. We're going to give you a preview of everything, you know, the West, the East, finals picks, MVP picks. We're going to give that, all that to you in this upcoming show. But one of the most important questions that I think going into the season – we're going to start with the West here, is who can dethrone the Lakers? As you all know, the Lakers are coming off as the NBA champions only 80-some days ago, a very, very short time period between the end of one season and the start of another. So Lakers are going to be your defending champions for this 2020-2021 NBA season. And a lot of people are saying the Lakers just got better with the roster, just improved on top of what they wanted with last year. So, David, before I give you – you know, before I give my opinion, I just want to give you the opportunity to think, you know, is there somebody in the West who can dethrone the Lakers? And if so, who's it going to be? Yeah. So coming into the season, I definitely think the Lakers are the best team in the league, uh, not just the Western Conference. I definitely think they're like a step above uh, the competition right now. And we've seen a lot of, I mean, a lot of people have been saying how they're one of the teams who got better. And it seems like not a ton of teams um, in competition with them like the Nuggets or Clippers um, or you know Jazz or anyone like that really got better and so I'm with the I'm on the Lakers this season I think they're they're going to be really good Um, they obviously got Harrell for a a good deal Um, he's making less than 10 million a year he could have gone somewhere else and made a lot more than that Um, they got uh, Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and a pick so they improved there, and Schroeder is going to be really good for them because he's just a, a guard who can go get his bucket, uh, get a bucket for himself, and create. Um, they resigned KCP, um, and they got Marcus Saul, who's really going to anchor that defense, and he's one of the better defensive players in the league. Um, they got Wes Matthews, who's a good three and D guy there. They were able to keep a lot of their players, like Markeith Morris. Um, the only people they really lost were like Joy Howard, and. Um, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are the only people they lost, but they, in comes Harold, in comes Gasol. So they replaced them with two players who were probably a little better than that. So I think they got a little bit better, especially because of, Sh- of Schroeder. And they won pretty easily last year. They they went, what, 5-1, uh, 5-1, 5-1, or 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-2. So they, they crushed the other teams last year. None of those teams really got better. Um, and the Lakers did. So I, I think the Lakers are set up to go – back-to-back if you had to give me one team I would take the Clippers as that team because last year we saw that their biggest problem was was chemistry it seemed like 
And we know Paul George, Doc Rivers have been going at each other since they separated. So now they have a new coach in, Ty Lue's there. Paul George should be better. He should be in a better role. You get another year of Kawhi there. Those two didn't play a lot last season because of injury and load management. More chemistry there. Um, they got Luke Kennard in a trade, and they got Serge Ibaka, who they really need a guy who can defend and uh, protect the rim, something Harrell was terrible at last year. So I think they actually improved a little bit. Um, they also got Nick Batum. Uh, I think they improved uh, a bit, and I think they're going to be um, there with the Lakers, and I think they definitely have the best chance of dethroning the Lakers. But right now the Lakers are just the best team, and I think they're going to repeat. Yeah, I kind of – and with you to an extent, I do think that it will be very tough for any team in the West really to dethrone the Lakers in terms of being Western Conference champions because they're only going to, like you said, they're only better um, when you look at the gains to losses, like you said, Gasol, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews is who they gained. You know, you lose Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, um, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, but it's kind of like if you looked at those two parties, who would you really have? Obviously, you would have who the Lakers gained. Um, as for the Clippers, I kind of disagree with you on that point because when you look at who they gained, obviously Serge Ibaka is a solid vet. Luke Kennard is kind of, you know, he can be up and down. Nicholas Batum is past his prime, in my opinion. But they lost Montrez Harrell, Jermichael Green, and Landry Shamit. So comparing who they brought in to who they lost, I would rather have the group that went out than the group that they brought in. So I kind of feel like they may have, you know, gotten a little bit worse. Obviously, you know, you let Doc Rivers go, so you bring in Ty Lue. Coaching could be different. You're hoping that playoff P steps up, which, you know, the nickname playoff P doesn't really mean anything, especially after last year. Um, so if I had to go with the team to dethrone the Lakers this year, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. And we saw them in the Western Conference Finals last year. They did lose 4-1 um, in the series to the Lakers. However, what I thought was kind of impressive was that they lost all four games by a combined 30 points, which for four games, losing a combined 40 points to the Lakers, LeBron and the Lakers, is very hard to do, especially with the young court they had. One of the games they lost at the buzzer, which being someone who's not a LeBron guy, I it hurt me to watch them win at the buzzer like that, the Anthony Davis three. Had they not hit that shot, the series could have been completely different. We don't know. Obviously, Lakers most likely would still came out on top. But the Nuggets would have been a lot better of a fighting chance. And I think that with the, you know, the Nuggets gain and lose, they lost Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee, which is kind of tough to lose in terms of big men. But he brought in a veteran in Jermichael Green, and uh, they drafted RJ Hampton, who's got a lot of potential. Um, you know, maybe not this year necessarily, but down the road, definitely someone who can develop into a solid player. I absolutely love Jamal Murray. I think that he's only getting better. If last season showed us anything, especially in the bubble, that dude is a baller, and he is out there to win, and he is a winner. Comparing him with Jokic, who, if anybody watched our fantasy uh, basketball draft, I absolutely – like, Jokic is one of my favorite players in the league. I just – something about him just attracts me to him. I think that he's a top two or three center. And I just think that the Nuggets as a whole, that experience is really going to help them. They were down 3-1 to the Clippers last year and came back and won. They were down by, like, 20 in the last game, too before they clinched the series. So they have plenty of experience with comebacks. And, you know, last season was something to show for them. And they're only getting better and better. They're getting, you know, they're veterans now. They understand the concept. They know what it's like. Michael Porter Jr. could be a, you know, wild card. He really started to step up in the playoffs last year. So do I think the Lakers are going to be dethroned? 
it's tough to say. I don't can't say 100% that they're going to be dethroned, but I think their chances of being dethroned next season, surprisingly, I think, are greater than they were last year. Um, but if I had to choose a team to dethrone them, I honestly love the Nuggets and their chances because they saw them last year and they know what's like. The roster is a little different, but something about the Nuggets just says to me like this team could potentially get it done. So David, come back at me. You know, thoughts on. You know, you said the Clippers, I said the Nuggets. Why Clippers over Nuggets? I know there's Kawhi and uh, Paul George, who obviously, you know, would probably be the two or three best players on the Nuggets. So, you know, push back at me. Nuggets, what about them to you, says? And, you know, I don't like them against the Lakers. Well, to go, just to go against one of your points real quick, with the Clippers, I do think, well, I don't think they really got a ton better. I think they're more or less the same team. Um, I do think that Ibaka is an upgrade over Harrell because of what he brings on defense. I just think he's a more well-rounded player uh, for what they need. And I know that you love Landry Shamit, and I mean, I like him too uh, as because of his stint on the Sixers. But if Luke Kennard's healthy, which is a, which is a big if because he's had injury concerns, especially last year, I do think Luke Kennard is, uh, is a better player than Shamit. Um, but it's very slight. I think the upgrades are very slight. So I think that they're really going to be banking on chemistry to make them stronger. Um, to go and say against the Nuggets, I mean, the biggest thing is something that I have to bring up uh, since I'm going against you on your Nuggets pick is that they lost Jeremy Grant, and he was their best defender last year, and that's a big loss on defense. And they didn't really gain anyone um, free agency-wise or anything like that. They they signed J. Michael Green, who might help, uh, but I, I'm not a, bit, a huge uh, J. Michael Green guy. Um, what the Nuggets are really banking on to take that step is improvement of their players. And I think the Nuggets season really hinges on Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Um, Jamal Murray being, can he play like he did in the playoffs for a full regular season? Because we haven't seen that. And he's one of the players I'm most excited to watch this season because I want to see, can he take what he did in the bubble and carry it over to a full season, which he hasn't done. Um, and he, if he can become a good number two, they'll have a shot. But Michael Porter Jr. is the key because they lost Jeremy Grant, who was their best forward, their best wing player last year and certainly their best wing defender. Michael Porter Jr. has got he's got to be like really good. He's got to take a big step for this team to get over the hump because they didn't add anyone in free agency. They didn't bring in any big guy. They didn't make a trade for anyone. Jokic, I think I love Jokic, but I don't think you're really going to see him improve that much. At least on the offensive end, he can improve a little defensively. But I think he's going to be a pretty solid as stay for the rest of his career and his prime around the ninth, tenth, eleventh best player in the NBA. Stick around there. They really need Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to step up. And I just don't know with everything happening this season if they're up to the task. And even if they do step up, that's obviously going to be offensively. So while the Nuggets could have a top three offense in the league, they just really worry me defensively, losing Jeremy Grant. Paul Millsap, they re-signed. He's 35. Can Paul Millsap really keep up with LeBron and AD? I don't really think so. Jokic can't guard AD. Um, I just don't think defensively they're strong enough. And I just don't think – it's a big if if Michael Porter Jr. is going to be really good or if Jamal Murray can take the next step. That's just a big if to me. I'll take Kawhi Leonard, who we know is a top three player in the NBA, and I'll also take Paul George, who despite his struggles, hopefully will be, will be better in the um, with a different coach and a different role. And I, I still think he is a better player than Jamal Murray. Yeah, the, the whole Clippers thing, like you said, the roster as a whole obviously looks a lot better than the Nuggets. You'd probably take the Clippers roster – over the Nuggets roster. Um, the thing that did that was concerning to me, they did make a couple changes, but like last year, just for me, it was just a tough thing to watch them blow a 3-1 lead 
and then blow the game seven like they did being up by almost 20 points to this young Nuggets team, which was impressive for me to watch the Nuggets do that. Um, the Paul George thing is really a difficult one because he nicknamed himself Playoff P, but it's kind of you know well known that he hasn't really stepped up in the playoffs like the way that he should. And last year, especially, very much struggled with the Clippers. Now, the coaching change could be a good thing. Coaching, you know, Doc was there for many years. Um, going to Tyron Lue now could be key for them. That could be something because Tyron Lue is, you know, he's a kind of player when he was with LeBron, a lot of people say, you know, he's kind of let LeBron do his thing and he was just kind of there. He wasn't really a coach. So having a guy like Tyron Lue who maybe may let the players do a little bit more of what they want may benefit the Clippers as a whole. But I do, in my opinion, I would just, I'd love to see the Nuggets Lakers square off again. I'd love to see the Nuggets get some revenge on, as a whole. Um, before we move on, the sports line, uh, I have for you the sports line projected amount of wins for these three teams. The Lakers, they put it at, at 48 and a half. They put the Clippers at 46.4. I don't really know why 0.4, not 0.5. And the Nuggets wins at 41.6. So they're all somewhat tight, but obviously they have it going. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. But overall, I think that you and I, if you can, you know, back me up on this, I think that we're in agreement that the Lakers don't look like they're going to get dethroned, but the two teams that have the best chance are Clippers, Nuggets, unless you think that there's a team above the Nuggets that has a chance. No, I think those are the top three right now. I mean, I, like, I, love, I love what the Trailblazers did, and Nurkic being back is going to be a good thing. Um, so they would be my my dark horse there, although it seems like a lot of people are – getting high on them but i think those are the top three yeah so there you guys go in terms of the western conference we're just in agreement here lakers are the top dog if there's going to be a team to put up a fight with them it's either going to be the nuggets or clippers either way western conference looks like it's going to be dominated by the lakers again this year so we got western conference that way you know both of us liking the lakers but we want to go to the eastern conference because in my opinion david the eastern conference is a lot more interesting than the Western Conference. I think that there's about six teams in the Eastern Conference that really could make it to the finals as opposed to only three in the Western Conference. And I just want to kind of break down for you a couple of the key moves by both these teams. Um, we'll start with the Sixers here. Sixers obviously moving on from Al Horford and Josh Richardson were their two big moves. Uh, bringing in Danny Green and Seth Curry was huge for them in terms of shooting. Bringing in Dwight Howard is a very solid upgrade at backup center and drafting Tyrese Maxey, although a rookie, you know, that first game obviously was just a preseason game. Didn't mean a whole lot, but he looked good in that debut. Um, you talk about the nets bringing in Landry sham. It was really their thing. The only outgoing person really was Garrett temple. They're able to re-sign Joe Harris, uh, Tyler Johnson as well. And we know their whole lineup of KD Kyrie, all that the heat brought in Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley out goes Jay Crowder, Derek Jones Jr. I think that those two are upgrades as a whole. Raptors, income Aaron Baines, Alex Len, you draft Malachi Flynn, DeAndre Bemery. They lost Marcus Saul, Sergi Baca, Ronda House, Jefferson. Uh, sorry, folks, this is a lot of listing for you guys who are listening at home, but just want to give you quick insight to the moves that each team has done. The Bucks bringing in Drew Holiday, which is one of the more discussed moves of the offseason. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit. Um, DJ Augustine was one of their big moves. They did lose Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, George Hill. I believe Ursan Eliasova and Kyle Korver are still free agents. Those are three, uh, two guys who can shoot right there. And the Celtics, not a whole lot in the coming in era, just Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. 
out goes Gordon Hayward, which is another big move that not a lot of people saw coming, in my opinion. And uh, Ennis Cantor went out as well. But if you want to ask me who I think is going to win the East, I, I'll give my points. I want to get – I'll give you who I think, and then I'll go to you, David, and who you think, and then I'll give you my reasoning for it. But me personally, I really think that the Sixers are going to come out of the East. I'm pretty sure I said that last year. But even more so this year, you know, there was a lot of changes, especially I think that the coaching change is going to do wonders for this team, letting go of Brett Brown, bringing in Doc Rivers. I personally love probably the most I have in years, the Sixers coming out of the East. David, in terms of the East, who do you like to come out? So the East is definitely really hard to predict. Um, Who do I have coming out? I have not been high on the Bucs at all the last few years. I picked the Sixers last year over the Bucs. I thought they would be better. I'm not a huge Giannis guy. I just, he needs to show me it in the playoffs. But this year with these six teams, you got Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Heat, Raptors, Celtics. These six teams, any of them could I could see being in the finals. There's six really good teams there. Um, and I, while I haven't been as high on the Bucs in past years, I'm going to take them this year. Um, I'm going to take him to get it done. Giannis just signed the Supermax. Um, he's going to be there. There's no worry about his contract anymore. It's time It's kind, It's time. to do it. Um, put up or shut up. It's time for the Bucs to show that they are an elite team, not just in the regular season, but the playoffs. And I think they can do it this year uh, with Giannis not worrying about his contract. They obviously brought in Drew Holiday to replace Bledsoe. That's an upgrade. Um, they're going to be really good defensively. Um, and we'll, and uh, we'll see. They lost some uh, some depth there, but I think they're going to be better just because of that holiday thing. And there's just so many – like, each team has their own problem, and I can really see any of them coming out. I don't have strong feelings about the Bucks because this is just so hard to predict, but they all have big ifs. Like, for the Nets, I, I, lo- I love the Nets' potential. They, they have the most upside of any team, but they really worry me defensively. Um, in their starting lineup, like, who's an above-average defender? Like, maybe Durant, but that was before the injury. Jarrett Allen's, like – solid but they don't have any above average defenders there Kyrie's a terrible defender um they just don't have any defensive presence there and injuries are concerned because Durant's coming off this Achilles injury and we know he looked good in preseason but you can re-injure that and Kyrie's had his own injury problems so they really worry me the Heat they just came off you know their finals run and they lost Harrell if they're going to start Hero Duncan Robinson and who Harkless or someone they just don't have any guard, uh, any any guards who can really defend on that team. Um, they, they're just putting a lot on Bam and Jimmy, who carried them last year, but can, can they do it again in a short season with short rest after they just went against the Lakers and Jimmy could barely walk after each game? I just don't know. The Raptors got worse losing Gasol and Ibaka and only replacing them with Baines. So they got a little worse. Lowry's a year older. He's in the contract year. I don't think they're going to be quite as good. Uh, the Celtics, they just – Depth-wise, they just they they're relying on rookies and Jeff Teague, who goes to Jeff Teague to be contributors there, and they lost Hayward, who almost scored 20 points a game for them. Uh, there's just worries on each team, and for the Sixers, who I know you said you have coming out, I actually am high on the Sixers this year. I think they have the most upside of any team aside from maybe the Nets, but we saw the same problems last year. Is are they have enough spacing? Can Simmons and Embiid work? There's a lot of questions there too. So I'll take the team who has the best player in the conference besides maybe KD, we'll see where he's at off his injury. But as of now, the best player in the conference, the two-time MVP in back-to-back years, and whose only real problem is can they score 
um, in crunch time? Can they create uh, scoring when they need to in the playoffs? I see that as less of a worry when you have uh, a great defense and Giannis there and shoot, and you still have that shooting around him. So I'll take them to get it done after a disappointment the last two years. No, you definitely made some solid points there. I, I am in agreement with you in the fact that the, the Nets are one of those teams where it's like if all works out and everyone stays healthy and all goes according to plan, they're going to be one of the toughest outs in a while. I mean, that they're a star-studded team with a lot of potential for greatness, but a lot more potential, I think, in terms of implosion. I mean, those those are a lot of, you know, Kyrie and KD are both great players. They're both intense, but they're two guys that you really, like, you could picture them going at each other on the bench if stuff's not going right. And there's always a talks of who's going to take the final shot. There may be issues there. Um, the Bucks are a team that I really like, but just something about their roster – I love that they brought in Drew Holiday. I think that was one of the better moves of the offseason. Um, but something about their roster and the way that the Bucks are built, just to me, it seems like they're not going to close it. Like, they've been doing really well with Giannis, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. But, I mean, you could say the same for the team that I pick, which is obviously the Sixers, that they can't seem to get over the hump. But let me make my case for the Sixers. So, obviously, last year, like you said, you and I were both high on them early on. But then we saw the spacing was bad and it wasn't going to work out. And we kind of, you know, lowered expectations. And we lowered it to a first-round sweep. Not necessarily, but we didn't plan a Ben Simmons injury um, in the first round or before the first round. But I think that the Sixers, they basically got a whole new coaching staff. I think that getting a fresh coach in there, Doc Rivers over Brett Brown was key. But they also brought in a lot of assistant coaches as well, which can make a difference there. Their spacing is going to be better. I can guarantee it's going to be better because you put out Danny Green and Seth Curry out there with Tobias, Ben, and Joel. That spacing is going to be so much better because those are two guys who love to shoot the three ball and can shoot it very effectively as opposed to Al Horford and Josh Richardson. So I think that spacing is going to be a lot better. Um, I think that the depth on their bench could be slightly better than it was last year. I think Dwight Howard's a very still uh, can be a key contributor to a championship team. We saw that last year. He's one of you, you could say he was one of the key bench players to the Lakers championship run. Um, then they brought in uh, Tyrese Maxey, obviously rookie. And then Matisse Thibel is only getting better. Shake Millen, who is someone that a lot of people in Philadelphia are high on is Shake Millen off the bench. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, Doc Rivers has talked about him before saying that he could be a big part of this offense. I just think the Sixers collectively have the highest ceiling in the East in terms of where they could go even more so than the Nets. Cause I would take Doc Rivers over Steve Nash as a coach any day. Steve Nash hasn't been a head coach. It's kind of like a mind-boggling, um, you know, signing, but we'll have to see where it goes. But I just – I like the Sixers the most. The Heat, I was impressed with them last year in their finals run. I just don't think that they have another run in them like that. Jimmy Butler did literally everything he could to carry that team. They didn't get much better. The Celtics are one of those teams, like you said, bench depth is going to be an issue for them. And as good as as great as Jason Tatum is, and as much as people love Kemba and Jalen Brown, they just they don't seem like a team that's built to make a finals run, in my opinion. The Raptors only got worse, so they're I don't really think that they're as much of a threat as they were in past years. Um, so I really think it's gonna come down to the Sixers Bucks. And there tends to be, you know, I feel like the Sixers tend to play well against the Bucks. And I think that their roster is slightly deeper and constructed all around better than the Bucks, in my opinion. So I really like the Sixers to come out of the East 
Um, say that the Sixers and the Bucks meet each other in Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I know you said you like the Bucks. Could you potentially, you know, see a path where if it's Sixers Bucks, do you see the potential for the Sixers to take them out in six or seven, or that the Sixers, you know, would you give them a real fighting chance against the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals matchup if that's to be the case? Yeah, I do think I do give them a chance, and I I, I pick the Bucks just because I think. Um, they can make that improvement. They can make that next step more than the other teams can. But I'm not like a huge Bucks. I haven't been in the past and I'm not now. I just think they have the best chance. Um, but all these teams are so close together. I can see any team beating any team, really. And don't get me wrong. I love what the Sixers did. I thought they had probably the best offseason of any team. Bringing in Maury gives them a great GM there, an experienced GM. They totally redid the coaching staff with a bunch of coaches I love. And they made their team actually fit, put spacing around Joe and Ben. Um, which can work out. So I, I can definitely see them um, getting past the Bucks. I think they have a ton of upside. There's just obviously the same problems with Embiid's health and his conditioning and with Simmons shooting and can he do enough? Yeah, that's definitely an issue of concern. And then obviously, you know, as we're recording this, there's rumors of Simmons and Harden and swaps there and everything. I just, I don't see anything like that happening. In my personal opinion, I would just, I'd rather have Simmons and Harden in terms for this offense that's just me. I know you may have a different opinion on that, but me personally, I'd rather have Simmons out there than Harden. Um, not as a player as a whole, because Harden's obviously one of the best shooters slash scorers we've seen all time. But I just think that for this offense and this team, it works better. Um, before we move on to our finals picks, though, I do think that we we need to hit a little bit more on the Nets. And I just really want to get, you know, not I'm not looking for a super deep analysis, like picking apart every single thing, but this overall, David, your thoughts on the Nets. I mean, they bring in a first-time head coach in Steve Nash, obviously a Hall of Fame player. Then you have, you know, elite talent like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, you have the shooting abilities of Joe Harris is back. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's inconsistent, but he can get you some buckets. Karis LeVert has shown his ability in the past. Uh, Jared Allen, DeAndre Joyner, still solid big men. And then they did bring in Landry Shaman as a uh, in the trade with the Clippers. So overall, you know, why do you think that when people are talking about the East, because, I mean, it's a fair point that I have, you know, that I think I'm making here is that people have been talking about the East and you see them talking about Bucks and Sixers and something in the heat. But a lot of the conversation I'm seeing surrounding the Nets isn't how far can they go? It's more, will this work out, if you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously going to be chemistry issues there when you're when Kyrie is in the building. We've seen a lot of stuff concerning him in the media and all this stuff. I just think he can be cancerous. KD is not really like a natural leader. I, I don't know if they really have enough leadership on this team. Their coach is a first year head coach. And even then they've kind of said like, there's been things said like he's not even really like the top guy, the head coach. It's there's different coaches there all, you know, functioning as one, which I don't see working. It's, it's just a very weird situation. And with those two superstars, you don't really have a great leader there um and stuff like that that worries me and then just defensively like they could be bottom 10 in defense and I don't still know the last time we've seen a finals team be that low in defense they really were me on defense they just don't have any defenders on this team yeah and the leadership is something that you know all NBA teams need a leadership if you look at the past you know finals winners you can look at it and say oh that guy was clearly a leader obviously LeBron I think as much as it was you know he was only there for one year Kawhi was the leader for that team. Or you could say Kyle Lowry really pushed that team too as well. And then with the Warriors past championships, you know, 
Steph is obviously the leader of that team. Steph can really get teams pumped up. And then in their, in their three uh, championship run in between was again, LeBron. So I think that when it comes to championship teams, leaders are really a key part in that. And like you said, Kyrie Irving, he's just, there's so much off the court distraction. And the guy does a lot of good for the community. So it's not to knock that. It's just that the stuff of like the media and, you know, the crazy conspiracy theories, he, it's not really a leadership thing to draw attention away from the game and kind of put on you. Now, Kevin, De- Kevin Durant, excuse me, elite player. Don't think that he's an elite leader. And those are your two best players. Um, so I don't think there's a leader there. Talking about the Sixers, I think that Doc Rivers is a leader. Like when you talk about coaching and different things that he works with, um, movements and different social justice things, you know, he's one of those leaders. He's out there. He's outspoken. So he's definitely a born leader. I think that Danny Green and Dwight Howard really are like Al Horford was a veteran, but I don't think that he was a leader. I think that Danny Green, Dwight Howard could be very good veteran leaders for this team. And then, like you said, the Bucks, Drew Holiday and even Giannis, solid leaders. Last year for the Heat, Jimmy Butler, you know, he's intense, but he could be a leader. I just don't think that the Nets have that leader for their team to help push them to where they need to be. So I think that you make some solid points there. Um, real quick, so when looking at the projected wins, the Bucks are in first with 51.8. The Sixers are in second with 44 flat. And then third place is the Celtics at 43.8, so roughly a little under 44. Um, like you said, bench depth is obviously going to be a struggle. Do you think that's the main reason why you and I aren't even considering the Celtics out of the East, despite them being ranked as potentially having the third most wins in the East? Well, what I didn't say is, I mean, bench depth is bench depth is is the big worry there. They're relying on like a rookie Aaron Neesmith to be a contributor on the wing, and and T to be a, contribu- a contributor at guard. It looks like he's probably going to start in place of Kemba because Kemba's injured, which is another thing. But I mean, losing Gordon Hayward like that's a big loss. He's a starter. He averaged 19, po- 19 or so points from last year. They didn't replace him with anyone. They they got worse. They didn't they didn't get anything for him. They could have maybe signed in, signed in did a sign in trade for someone like Miles Turner, who I think would have been like a great addition there because he can anchor that defense a little bit better than they, than they've done. And while Tristan Thompson, I think was a fine get for them. I don't think he's really going to be like a great anchor for that defense. Um, no, he's not like really, he's like not Miles really Turner an, an upgrade be. either. Cause they, they, yeah, they, he's they not lost a big upgrade. Yeah. He's not a huge upgrade over Canner defensively is, but offensively he's probably not as good as Canner. So they just didn't get better in my opinion. I mean, losing Hayward and replacing the, him with, a rookie like that doesn't make them that much better. And I know that one of the uh, key arguments I've seen, because obviously Sixers Celtics, everyone knows their history. Uh, they were like, do we really think that Tristan Thompson is going to stop Joel Embiid? I don't think so. I think that Joel very much could post like 25 and 12 in a series against Tristan Thompson. I mean, if we're being real, he could even post bigger numbers. Um, and the leadership there, I think that Brad Stevens is a very solid leader for that team. Tatum, uh, people love Jason Tatum. I'm not as high about Jason Tatum as most people are. But, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that, you know, looking at the projected wins, the Nets are fourth when their roster on paper could be one. Like, they honestly could be one on paper. But I think that there is going to be chemistry issues and leader issues there as a whole. So now we hit the West and we just hit the East. Put those together. We're making our finals picks. We're going to give them to you here. I'm going to give you my pick and who I have winning. Dave will give you his, and then we'll go a little bit back and forth explaining our picks. So for me, finals pick, I had the Lakers returning for the West. 
Sixers out of the East. And I, in all honesty, wholeheartedly believe if they stay healthy and they have the chemistry and spacing that I believe they're going to have and they don't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, I got Sixers in seven. David, NBA Finals pick, who do you got? My Finals picks, as you could probably tell from our little preview we did, I have the Lakers coming out of the West, and I'll take the Bucks out of the East. I'll take them to get it done. And when they match up, I'll take the Lakers in six. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, before I give my reasoning real quick, um, so you you think Lakers, Bucks, Lakers in six, do you is that more of a you think that Giannis can get a couple games in, or is, is that more so like you think that the Bucks are gonna be really competitive and have a chance? And they're only going to get two. Like, like in, in terms of Lakers Bucks matchup, do you think it'd be more so of a Lakers are going to win, and the Bucks are going to be there, kind of like this past year? Like, we didn't really expect the Heat to win, but they won two because they played really hard in one game, and they kind of, you know, Lakers like to slack off in one. Uh, or do you do you think that the Bucks would have a legitimate chance, or is it more so, you know, Lakers are going to be there and they're going to win? I think the Bucks would have a chance if they make the finals, so they get out of the East. That means they beat two at least two maybe three uh well probably not three if they get the one seed but they'll have beaten two good teams in the east um instead of which means puts them against the lakers um meaning that they they would be competitive in that series i just think that lebron and ad i don't see them dropping off at all they were the best best team last year i think they got a little better i think they would just be overmatched the bucks a little bit but i think it'd definitely be a series because the bucks has the potential to be a top five offense and a top five defense yeah and so so i'm sure that I mean, if people know me, they're not going to be shocked by my pick. But if you're just kind of a casual listener, but you know the NBA somewhat, you'd probably be a little shocked at me picking the Sixers over the Lakers. And I have them winning in seven because I do think that that would be one of the more entertaining potential uh, series. And so let me give you a little insight into why I think the Sixers could beat the Lakers in seven. First of all, they got several now proven championship winners, not to forget the fact that they just took two players from the defending champions team and Danny Green, Dwight Howard. So they obviously, and there wasn't a coaching change, so they're going to know how the offense is run. They're going to know the weaknesses of LeBron, even though he doesn't have much, and the weaknesses of Anthony Davis. They're going to know how to do that. Even there could be some potential to match up Dwight on AD certain nights or certain time periods in the games because he's going to know his game after spending a season with him. You now add a championship-winning coach in Doc Rivers. And this is the stat that I I just kind of threw in there because I think it's interesting. Ben Simmons has faced LeBron six times. Simmons has won four out of six, which in my, which some people probably like whatever regular season, but I think that there could be a little more to that. I mean, there are several people who say Ben Simmons is kind of like a younger LeBron. He just hasn't found his shot yet in the way that he plays the game. And so Ben Simmons, as we all know, one of the top defenders in the league, always in the running for defensive player of the year. You know, I think that he matches up really well with LeBron. So I do think that, the Sixers have a lot of key elements to the team that, you know, would give them that hump to go above the Lakers. Now, Lakers are obviously, in my opinion, still the favorite overall to repeat. I think that they should be the favorite the way that their roster is built and them having LeBron and AD still. But I think that a Sixers-Lakers matchup could go seven. And when you go to seven games, it's really a one-game series. It's up to anybody. But just the combination of bringing in two guys – from that team now having a championship caliber coach and, you know, Ben always being able to match up with LeBron, in my opinion, is what would push the Sixers slightly above the Lakers in an NBA finals uh, 
matchup with the Lakers and Sixers. Now, David, obviously you're a huge Sixers guy, you know, come back at me, say what you did like about that. Is there something you didn't like about my point? I, I just, I'm genuinely curious because I know that you're a gigantic Sixers guy, despite, you know, you picked, you picked the bucks with, with logic, with logic, you picked the bucks. It wasn't just a random pick. Um, Cause you are, you are a big Sixers guy, but overall, you know, if, if it was to be Sixers Lakers, did you, do you agree with me? You disagree with me? You know, the points that I laid out there, because I do potentially see the Sixers winning a series against the Lakers. Uh, I actually agree with you on that. I think the, the Sixers match up pretty well against the Lakers. Um, you could definitely see them having a coaching advantage, although I do think Frank Vogel is a good coach and is probably going to become underrated with all the things of how, you know, LeBron is actually coached, all those things. I think Frank Vogel actually did a really good job there. But you could definitely see Doc Rivers uh, having that coaching advantage. And Embiid and Simmons match up pretty well against AD and LeBron. We've seen Simmons have some success against LeBron, and he's obviously a defensive player of the year candidate this year. Um, and on paper, matches up against LeBron pretty well. And Embiid's played well against Anthony Davis in regular season games too. Um, and he's been pretty dominant there. So on paper, they match up pretty well. But on paper, that a team like the Bucks might have matched up pretty well. Adebayo on Davis, that's a good defender for him. Jimmy Butler, good defender, although you, you, you he is you definitely mean the, you mean overmatched the physically you mean by LeBron. Heat. You mean the Heat? The heat. You, you that's what I meant to say. I don't know what I said. Oh, yeah, the Heat. Last year, so the Heat matched up pretty well on paper with Adebayo on Davis, maybe Butler on LeBron, although Butler is a little undersized for LeBron. But that didn't really matter. They still put a beat down on the Heat. I just think that the Lakers are the better team. And one thing, the, the real worry about the Sixers that you didn't bring up is there was a lot of turnover last year. There's a lot of turnover this year. Um, and while Simmons and Embiid have stayed the same, you're bringing in, you got two new starters, two starters left, two new starters in, new bench pieces there with Dwight. Um, it, that just worries me a little bit for the Lakers, who did bring in some new pieces but still have LeBron and AD and the majority of the people that they had there last year. Yeah, I think that for the Sixers – now, I, I, I love them coming out of the East. However, I do think that's going to take them some time to click. Like, they may lose some games they're not supposed to lose early on because I think that when you switch up the roster and the coaches as much as they did, you're not going to come out day one and just, you know, be explosive and win a bunch of games. I think it's going to take some time. Maybe the first month they're slightly above 500. They might be a little under just, you know, but I don't think that the city of Philadelphia, if that's the case, come mid-January or late January, the Sixers are around 500. I don't think there's any need to panic. It's just a new team, you know, trying to get their pieces incorporated, new coach, new system, trying to figure everything out. Um, so there you go. You know, David's got Lakers, Bucks, and if you take the Lakers and six in that, I got Lakers, Sixers, and I take the Sixers and seven in the finals. And of course, you can't talk about the finals without talking about this regular season MVP, which a whole nother discussion is should the MVP include postseason? I think it should just because I think that postseason is a key part. Um, and that's why I kind of disagree sometimes with Giannis winning the MVP because I think that postseason performance should definitely be a part of it. Um, but that aside, so I'm going to give you, David, the top five. This is from FanDuel, the top five odds to win the MVP this year and see, you know, if your pick is from that list, let me know. If you have a different guy off the top five, that'll be interesting. So, for them, this is in order from one to five. So the first guy I'm going to list is the best odds according to FanDuel. Luka Doncic, the number two is Giannis to three-peed, and then Anthony Davis at three, Steph at four, and in my opinion, five was questionable at James Harden. With everything going on, I'm so surprised he's up that high. So for you, David, 
MVP pick, who do you got and why? So logically, I feel like I have to go with Giannis here because I picked the Bucs to make the finals. Um, it's going to be really hard to take it away from Giannis if he gets the one seed again, which it looks like he, I would assume he will. They got it in the last two years. Um, and they're just a really good regular season team with Giannis there. I think they're going to get that one seed. Uh, and if he's the one seed and puts up the same numbers as he did last year's, I just don't know how you take it away from him. Logically, I think voters really want to give it to someone like Luca. They really don't want it to be honest again, but I think they're going to be put in a position where when they really think about it, when it really gets down to it, they kind of just have to pick Giannis. But don't, I think it's really down to Giannis and Luca because don't, uh, don't forget about Luca here. The Mavericks would have to have a, a good record, and I'm just not sure with the Porzingis injury, injury if they can get top four. But if they can be a good team, take the next step, get maybe the four or five seed or even higher, uh, they're going to want to give it to Luca. I mean, the media loves the guy. They're going to want to give it to someone new. So I really think that uh, Giannis or Luca is really who it's going to go to. And if you make me pick one, I'll, I'll say Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I picked the other guy. I picked Luca. Like you said, I think that the regular season record is going to matter. I think that if they're five or above and he plays, you know, just about as well or even slightly better than he did last year, you got to give it to him. Um, just in terms of what he does, I think that the team around him is solid, but I don't think it's quite as good as the Bucks. So I think that, that you know, that might factor in a bit to how well he played. Um, another thing I think, like this is discussed for another time, but postseason play, I think, should factor in. Obviously, the game winner against the Lakers was a great shot. But just overall, I think that the Porzingis injury, though, is something that could play a huge part because he and Porzingis play well together and they clearly love to be with each other uh, on and off the court. But when you lose a guy like Porzingis, it's definitely tough for somebody to step up. So I think that, you know, being able to see if Luca is able to step up in the absence of Chris Oz will play a key part in who they pick. And if they pick him uh, last year, he was in the conversation as well. So I think that this year he's really going to make a battle for it. And I just, I love the Mavericks a lot. You know, we didn't talk about them at all in terms of could they dethrone the Lakers? So I don't think they have any chance. I think that they'd probably get swept if they did play them. But I think the Mavericks are still a solid team. I think they could be, you know, five or six in the West if they play to their full potential. So I I got Luka winning MVP for this upcoming year. David's got Giannis winning. Um, there's our NBA preview. The season starts very shortly here. But before we close out the show, we want to give to you, like we always do, our best bets for the weekend. These are the odds presented by FanDuel. Like I always say, not a sponsor but these are the odds that we got. I'll give you my three, and then Dave will give you his three. Reminder, last show, we both went one and two in our picks. Not ideal in terms of picking teams. So for me, my three picks for this weekend, the Seattle Seahawks are five-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington. I like them to win and cover that game as well. Um, I have the Eagles are six-and-a-half-point dogs as of Thursday ago. So before, you know, I continue with the bets, these are the lines as of Thursday, December 17th. Just so you guys know, like I always say, odds are subject to change at any point. So Seattle, five-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington. I take Seattle. Eagles, six-and-a-half-point dogs to the Cardinals. I'll take the Eagles to cover that. I really have loved what I've seen from Jalen Hurts early on. And the Browns are five are four-and-a-half-point favorites to the Giants. I think they'll win and cover because I think that – Last week was an emotional game for them. Tough loss. I think that the Browns are going to come out. They're going to come out hot and win big against the Giants. So those are my three picks. David, who do you got? 
All right, so I like this. I didn't take any of the same games. Uh, for me, uh, I'll take the Bills minus six against the Broncos. The Broncos had a win last week. Uh, the, the Bills have just been a really solid team. I think that they're they're going to just be too much for the Broncos. I'll take them by a touchdown or more. Um, to me, the Ravens minus 12 and a half at Jacksonville. It's a big number, but the Ravens, they need they just need wins um, to keep their, their division hopes alive. To, to make sure they're in the playoffs. So I think against the Jaguars, where Lamar can really just go off and, and be himself, uh, I think that they'll cover that 12 and a half. And then my next pick is uh, the Dolphins-Patriots game. Dolphins are favored by one and a half. Um, so in Vegas's eyes, it's a really close game. I'll take the Dolphins. I think they're the better team. I think they're better defensively. I think it's a big, that, that's a big advantage for them. And I think that, that the Patriots are going to have a lot of trouble scoring and that and that Miami will do enough on offense to, to win that game by more than one. All right. Well, there you have it. There are Dave and I's best bets for the weekends. You know, uh, we'll start to get more competitive with it as we get closer to the postseason. Uh, you know, maybe do a little battle of the bets as well. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us once again. Um, it's been about a month, like we said, but we're going to try to now that the semester is over and finals are behind us at this point. We're going to try to continue to put out weekly content every Thursday night, potentially early Friday morning, depending on when things upload. Um, new gear out now, bonfire.com slash store slash bushy baller brand. New gear out, T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts. Go check it out. Go support the brand like always. Thank you for joining us for our NBA season preview. The season starts here in a few days coming up close. I cannot wait for the NBA season to start. We always want to thank you for the support. Audio sounded great this time. No issues, which is such a relief because we've had issues in the past over Zoom. So thank you for all the support, and we will talk to you guys, and thank you for everything. We'll see you next week. Oh, one quick side note. Instagram, Twitter, both are uh, – just look at Bushy Baller Brand Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter, and you know, tweet at us, DM us on Instagram, topics you want to hear, things that you want to hear us talk about in the upcoming shows. We always appreciate all the support. Thank you for giving us a listen. And you'll hear from us next week.